Welcome to Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across the genres talking about the one thing that we're all bound by, books. Hello, my name is Sherry Hayes. I write sexy contemporary romance and BDSM romance, and I am joined today by my fellow co-host, Hannah Byron. Hannah Byron, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hello everyone. Thank you, Sherry, for um, starting off. Yeah, I'm on the other spectrum of the romance, um, (laughs) (laughs) the whole romance field. I write historical fiction, historical romance, and um, I'm from across the pond, and the only one of us five who lives in, in Europe. And it's lovely to be here, and I'm looking forward to topic today. Speaking of our topic today, Hannah and I thought we would talk about workplace romances. Workplace romances are a huge trope in the romance genre and we actually have some stories that involve workplace romances and we're going to talk today a little bit about some of the similarities, the differences, and just kind of see where the topic takes us. So Hannah, why don't you tell us a little bit, we'll start with you, why don't you tell us a little bit about your book that has a workplace romance in it? Okay, yeah. Um, Of course I had to think first when, I'll give a, a short introduction because my books are basically early 20th century which wasn't the time that most women had a paid job. So I have to think really, do I have um, working women in every book? I don't because I also chose to write books about the first books in the series, that is about sort of um, higher class girls Mm. who usually Uh, or they all went to finishing school and that was basically the step up to their marriage and hosting big house, a mansion and having uh, children and being society ladies. But in my first book, In Piccadilly Fields, the young heroine is, and yes, her name is, she's French, and she is a medical student. She has just graduated from the Sorbonne in Paris. And she is working, it's, it's First World War, and she's working together with her mentor and professor from the university. And he's training her to become a surgeon. So she's a general doctor, but she's trained to become a surgeon. And yeah, the romance that we we will talk about that a little bit later because (laughs) I'm very curious. Um, I think it's very different. You write contemporary romance, Sherry. So I guess you have many more women that are actually active part, take active part in the in the workforce. Yeah, I I I was I was thinking I don't think I have any women who aren't. I think all of my uh, heroines are are working women because uh, again my my books take place in the modern day. Um, I have everything from a uh, business owner to a CEO of a huge corporation to a nanny. Um, to an FBI agent, a homicide detective. I really cross the gamut of professions as far as my heroines go. Uh, And really for my heroes too. I mean, I, I I have several workplace romances and that obviously, you know, comes into play as to obviously they have to have jobs that are related at least if they're if they're coming together but I am I'm really curious though when you mentioned that she was becoming a surgeon how how exactly did you set that up because you're I mean again you're talking world war one so that was very unusual 
for a woman, I'm yeah. assuming to become a, a surgeon, right? So how yeah. did you, how did you kind of set that up as far as to, to get to that place as to, to decide she's going to be a surgeon and do you address, did you address kind of the difficulties and things in your story to get that, how she gets placed there? Yeah, well, of course I did the research whether that was possible, whether whether women were allowed to, to become, I mean, it is known fact that they were allowed to be doctors, but to become surgeons. And the only liberty I took because when the story starts, they are both working in the American hospital in, in Paris. The, the hero is an American, who's an American professor who went to the Sorbonne, taught there in 1910, and then decides when war, war breaks out to stay there and do his part. And his, his young um, student, so to say, she comes from a background, her, she's, she's an adopted child, but her father is a very liberal thinking man. And if she wants to become a, a doctor or surgeon, he's okay with that. He supports her. And she just sort of yeah, rolls in it because also of the war situation. And uh, so it was possible. The only liberty I took is there were, as far as I can find, there have been no female surgeons at the front lines and she goes to the front line. Yeah. But plenty of nurses, but no surgeons. But there were surgeons working in like in, in England and in France because the, the, most of the trench war took place in northern France and Belgium. So all these wounded men were that could be transported were either right. We can get going very far away from romance, but we will well, get there. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We gotta set this up here because I'm just yeah. I I'm kind of I'm again yeah. I'm kind of picturing because you need to one of the things with the workplace romance and I think one of the things that makes it unique uh as far as tropes go is because your work you're in a working relationship as well it does create a that tension it really you know it, it automatically Absolutely. creates a tension no matter what because you either have a a boss and a subordinate or you have uh two colleagues that are working together and you you have to deal with the challenges that become that because you could have the best of friends working as a team side by side and they're not always going to get along but when you add the romantic element into that equation that creates a whole other layer of tension and conflict Absolutely. and things like that yeah. uh, i actually have two workplace romances in my upcoming release oh, boys in blue yeah so it's oh. a box so boys in blue for those who don't know um is a box set of two of my full-length novels that's coming out on september 14th like Ooh. a little over two weeks actually less than two weeks less than two weeks today um probably a little over a week actually and uh the first book crossing the line is a workplace romance because he is a single dad and he and she is his daughter's nanny so uh she's a living nanny so she actually lives in his house and takes care of his mm -hmm. daughter uh, so there's a lot of interaction. So that that kind of creates that tension there. Um, but I will say that it's not your typical um, single dad nanny situation. Um, when I when I wrote this book, it was actually it's part of a series. Uh, it was the third book in my Daniel's Brothers series, and so Megan, who is Paul's daughter's nanny she is actually the sister the younger sister of the heroine from the second book rebecca yeah so we met her in the second book we got to know her and the setup for the third book was actually at the end of the second book um and it really was kind of never meant to be a situation but literally as soon as i wrote the pay wrote the uh setup 
that she was going to move in with Paul to be his daughter's nanny, I knew I wanted to put these two together. Okay. I just, yeah. I, and they were, they were such opposites. I just was like, I, and I love opposites because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rebecca and Gage from the second book in that series were total opposites as well. And that was one of the funnest books to write ever. Um, but crossing the line was, again, it, it kind of put that because it was a boss employee relationship, it kind of put that tension there. Yeah. Um, as to what, you know, how does the dynamic work? I mean, one of the things that they, they struggled with in, in the book is that once they became a couple, she was in the kitchen making dinner and he was like, what are you doing? You don't have to make dinner for me. I don't want you to feel like you have to cook for mm -hmm. me. Um, when you know because his daughter had gone away for a little bit to go with her grandparents okay, anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's just the two of them and yeah. he's like i don't want you to feel like he's she's she's kind of like what do you mean i cook for you and you know chloe all the time what are you doing that um but anyway it was a, it you know it, it you run into those types of situations whereas i have almost an opposite working relationship in the second book in that in that book in this box set where they're colleagues yeah. they're you know he's this he's a small town sheriff's deputy she's a big city detective again you get that opposite mm -hmm. thing going there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but you know they just have to work they have to work together to solve a murder so you're What's the title of that, that one's called seducing janie oh wow because i i quickly wanted to recap to crossing the line does that actually refer to the to the um, workplace romance, the title. It's actually a play on both because crossing the line, it had the original cover actually had a police tape, uh, the yellow police tape. I'm not sure if you guys have that there in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I know it from right. movies. <laughs> so yeah. it had the yellow police tape on it and it said, do not cross. So crossing that line because there, yeah, is, a, yeah. there is a murder. They are trying to solve, he, Paul is trying to solve a murder in the book. Um, but what it's also- his, What is his job then? He is a homicide detective. Actually him and Janie of Seducing Janie uh, are partners. They're, they're detectives together. Oh, okay, so you have related content between all your books in that respect. Yeah, in yeah, those, in those two, yes. <laughs> and yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, because again, when I wrote, when I wrote Paul's book, when I wrote Crossing the Line, I was, you know, Janie obviously had a fairly big role because she's his partner at work and they're solving this this murder yeah, but there know, is no romantic um, mm -mm. there's no romance between these two okay. no those two do not have the romance uh it was it was all uh paul and right. megan um yeah. but then i like i said I, I i i saw like i i fell in love with janie as i was writing her interactions with paul and stuff and i'm like i have to write her book i have yeah. to i have to give her her own book i have to let her find her happily ever after which is how seducing Janie yeah. came to be. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I didn't want her to, like, I knew she, you know, Paul wasn't the right person for her. And I knew, like, I was like, where, who, who am I putting with her? Because she's such a strong character. She only, yeah. I mean, let's, to be a female, to be a female cop in general, it, it takes a lot of, you know, a lot yeah. of gusto in a certain type of person because it is a male dominated field and it is yeah. very physical. Um, so yeah. I wanted to, you know, Janie is not a uh, wallflower by any means, <laughs> search the imagination, but I'm sure that your, your character is not either in this particular, in this book that you're talking, talking about, because if she's going to be a surgeon, she probably had to fight tooth and nail to be a surgeon. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is that Agnes is, is actually the, 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 the softest of, of my heroines. She's, she's very, is very dedicated to her job and she's just very good at her job. But she's quite an introvert and she's mm -hmm. very, very much in love with, with her professor. 
who's 10 years older than she is, but uh, she doesn't, they, at the beginning, they don't know they have the, this working relationship. So she doesn't even know whether he's married or not. And um, she, the, the problem comes when he decides to go to the front and leaves her, her behind in Paris. And she says, I want to go to the front as well. But her father says, no, that's way too dangerous. But what happens then is that she, her mother has passed away at birth. So there is like a housekeeper in, in the house who is like her mom. Mm. And she is, she's killed by what is called the Paris gun. That was a, a huge gun they, they um, projected on Paris. So the housekeeper dies actually on the operation table when Alan and Agnes try to, to, solve, to save her. And then she says, I want to go to the front. I want to save as many lives as I can. I am of much more use. So she's very certain and assertive in her job. Alan is in love with her as well. He's in a bad marriage. He's married to a very flamboyant Paris artist, but she's she's just going off with other men. And but he will never approach. And yes, because he's such a gentleman, he would never even let her know that he has feelings for her. So they <laughs> really, very much to the end of the book, they work together without knowing of each other. Oh, that's, so that's actually they, really interesting. Yeah. So what happens is he, he arranges his divorce behind the scenes. And actually, on Armistice Day, so on the Liberation Day, he proposes to her because he, oh. he knew. But he doesn't know at that moment whether she wants him. Wow, that's so it's that's like, interesting. And you're so you 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 sounds like it's a it's a very very much a slow burn oh. type, <laughs> like a really really slow burn romance, which is is probably like completely opposite of mine, obviously, because I write sexy contemporary. So, you know, but I will say that doesn't mean that my characters jump in bed, like in the first chapter, mm -hmm. because I, I have been known to make my readers wait an insane amount of time to, uh, to get to the, <laughs> to get to the good stuff, I guess you'd say. Now I did want to ask you though, because we 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 kind of you kind of touched on that, and it's really interesting, because you said your uh, your love interest has a ten year age gap. Well, the age for my in uh, crossing the line, the age gap is thirteen years, and I know that for for mine in crossing the line, I really play on that age gap a lot. Now, the age gap in my I'm assuming now, because I don't write historical, but I'm assuming that the 13-year age gap is probably a more significant age gap in the contemporary realm than it is in the historical realm. Because in, in the historical, you know, as you get back in history, it's less uncommon to have 10, 15, even 20-year age gaps between the male and female versus today you kind of get yeah. you know you kind of if there's more than like uh you know like really like four or five years you know you kind of get that like oh you know there's okay. a, there's an age okay. difference so i'm curious yeah. if that yeah. plays a well, role yeah i would think with all the the changes in in age that it would be possible that men were younger even than their, than their lovers or everything yeah but in my case um i do see what you mean but it, these are two equal people i mean the equality is that alan gets severely injured and she rescues him she she reminds all the things he has taught her and she she has to to so she saves his life to take, doing, to take it. And 
when he proposes to her, he says, you are my equal. I'm no longer your, mm. your teacher. Because what you've done, I could not have, have, I possibly couldn't have even done myself. Because wow. he knows what kind of... So it is a very specific situation in which there is not really um, like the old um, genteel man who, who takes a, a green leaf or something like it. This is a very... At the end, I mean, it starts unequal. Right. But I probably... I, I think that is the same what you say with the nanny and the... And the, the single the dad, yeah. yeah, 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 because it really, yeah, it really is kind of, it starts, it starts sort of on an unequal footing, but to be surprising, I don't really play on that part too much in that story. Um, I mean, it's obviously it's there because they, they do touch on it a little bit, but I will say that I probably play on the age difference a little more in that story that I do in um, any of my other stories, because that is, that is, I think the, I'm trying to think back, but I do believe that is the biggest age difference I have, at least yet. I do have one coming down the pike eventually. <laughs> uh, that's actually going to have a, uh, I think 20 or 25 year age difference. So wow. it's a huge, yeah. huge age difference. Yeah. Um, but in this particular ca case, uh, I really played on the age difference in this. Um, when they do finally get together, uh, Paul is very conscious of the fact that he is, he's 13 years older than her. She doesn't care at all. Uh, but he's very, very conscious that, you know, here's this 23 year old and, you know, he's in his thirties. And, you know, he has a kid already. He's been married before. You know, here she is. She's never been married before. So she would literally be, you know, if they got together, she'd be getting a ready-made family. And so he's very conscious about that. And he, yeah. she she takes to calling him old man. She starts yeah. teasing okay. him, calling him old man yeah. all the time. Yeah. It, was, it, it was great. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. But I will say that I have another book where a workplace romance um their positions, I would say, uh, created more of an issue. Uh, the very first novel I wrote, Strictly Professional, she, uh, her dad gets uh, injured, well, hurt, injured. Um, and he's the, he's the CEO of a, uh, a big corporation in Chicago. And uh, he, he calls her, she's, she's a doctor. She, she's over seas at, with Doctors Without Borders. She's doing, you know, work over there and he calls her and says hey I've been hurt I need your help I need you to come home and run the company for me while I get you know while I heal because I don't trust anybody else and to her she doesn't know at the time why he doesn't trust anybody else but um she gets there and her first day as acting CEO she meets her the love interest Matthew and he's the head of security and fills her in that somebody's after, uh, you know, somebody's been trying to take down the company and hijacking shipments and things like that. Wow, um, so you create that tension, but there's also the tension there. Um, it's probably my angstiest romance that I have. Um, so if you like angst, check out Strictly Professional because it is, yeah, it's, it's pretty angsty. Um, but there's a lot of tension that's created by the fact that she is his boss, yeah. you know, yeah. he, he yeah. works for her. So, yeah. but he's put in a position where he's funny, he that, you, you, that, funny that you chose that for your first book, the position of the, the, the woman on top, so to say, it's an interesting start of your career. Yeah, it's, um, I don't, I mean, that, that whole story came about, that was, I, I think I spoke about it in another podcast. Uh, maybe it was the very first podcast that I did with Danielle. Um, uh, but that story came about, it was, it was actually an evolution of a, um, a story that I had been playing with since I was 14. So I was 30, I think, or 20, late twenties when I wrote that story, it published when I was, when I was uh, in my early 30s. So maybe I was 30 when I wrote it. Anyway, so <laughs> neither here nor there. 
But, uh, but yeah, so it had been percolating in my brain for a long, long time. And the woman was always the one in charge. Um, and, but there was never a, it was always more of a partnership and it was always meant to be a partnership. But in this particular case, because I said it in a modern corporate environment, I had to address the fact that she is his boss and that that would create a forbidden type of fruit there yeah. uh, where they really aren't supposed to be dating because she mm-hmm. has the ability to, you know, fire, fire him. him. Yes. Yeah. So, if he does something wrong. Right. But, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, is it also created another level of tension because of the fact that her life was in danger and yeah. it was his responsibility as head of security to yeah. keep her safe. So it really created, when I say this, it's angsty. It's pretty, like I said, it's pretty angsty because you've got yeah. all of these elements coming together mm-hmm. to create the situation but it was kind of interesting to play on the fact. Now, do you, do your characters ever have that conversation? Because I know in Strictly Professional, they actually have a conversation about the fact that she's his boss and he works for her and how they're really not supposed to be together. Um, do you, do your characters yeah. ever actually have that conversation? Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in Impicative, yes, they, they, of course, they. Um, well, it's it's written from the female point of view, so she has these thoughts that when he eventually tells her that he's married, then it's absolutely off the cards for her that she will, you know, ever ever be near him. Of course, that is also the time period as well. But I wanted to maybe it's a bit off topic, but I I think another interesting um, work relationship that I have is in the Diamond Courier. She's not working at the start of the book, but her father owns a coal mine in Kent, and Ian, who is eventually going to be her husband, he is um, the assistant of her father. Mm. And, and things go totally wrong because she's, she organizes a strike because she becomes, you know, very radical and, she, and he tries to stop her. But Ian never wants to be an, an, a coal mine manager. He has one passion and that is organic farming. Mm. And that had just started in, in England. And um, That's a far cry from this. coal mining. <laughs> Lily knows this. He comes from the originally from the Highlands in Scotland. His father was a farmer, and so after the war, um, she becomes her father's assistant. She takes this position, mm. and one day start finally get together and, and have a love relationship. And he he becomes a farmer. So that is sort of a different situation. Now I, I want to bring up something. You you know you brought up the the boyfriend work being the husband's or the father's assistant that creates a very interesting dynamic as well even though it's not a workplace relationship in the traditional sense it kind of is because even though the man and woman you know the hero and the heroine aren't in a working relationship to you know together having the father we i mean we all know that if you work for daddy Well, that is the, the conflict at the beginning of the book because he is her best friend. Mm. He, they, she's a, she um, is an, an only child and he's come there when she was only 12 and he's taught her to cycle and the best friends. Her parents want her to marry him. She's engaged to him. But she doesn't want to marry him at the beginning of the book because he is daddy's friend. He is part of the... Uh, establishment, you know, she wants to have a radical life and she wants to be free and get married to her best friend even. So yeah, there is a a dynamic in that sense. And he is very worried about her being, you know, trying to set up strikes at her father's coal mine and and stuff like that. It's the only time he really gets angry with her. 
He said, you are ripping apart this family. Your father isn't, you know, the, the bad capitalist um, that you paint him to be. He actually tries to help his, wow. his workers. Conditions were terrible. I mean, there were so many strikes in, in the 1930s. In, Conditions in the were terrible for most workers yeah. in the 1930s, no matter no matter yeah. what you, I mean, yeah. if you were in any type right. of manual yeah. labor. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That That is also, it. she cuts off, in fact, the, 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 the marriage proposal because she doesn't want to be fit in this, this little tight uh, pattern that her parents have set out for her. That's very interesting. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, it's interesting because, you know, working relationships in general, because we were just talking about, you know, um, Paul and Janie's relationship, because even though it wasn't a romantic relationship, uh, there was still, you know, a, a strong friendship there. And in, you know, in seducing Janie, you do kind of have almost that, um, that, that three person relationship going on, because she's she finds kyle you know she and kyle are you know having a relationship but her and paul have had this working relationship for a long time and he sees that it's you know changing and she sees that it's changing and seeing how that dynamic you know between the three of them kind of you know evolve and adjust over the course of the book is yeah. um is very interesting. So I'm yeah. sure that's something similar to what is happening with, you know, your three characters there, the dad, the boyfriend, or I should say fiance, since she was supposed to marry him. And, you know, and your hero heroine, because yeah. there is all, you know, people are people. And if you're writing realistic people, you've got to write their emotional conflicts uh, as well and make them believable mm -hmm. and people, you know, people have ties. I mean, you want to, you know, you either want to, you know, make the person happy and you maybe do stuff to, you know, just to please them, or maybe you do it just to, you know, so the conflict yeah. isn't there, or you go the complete opposite path and you want to create the tension. I know in, um, in red zone with, uh, which is a sports romance, it's the second book in my Daniels brothers series. Gage and Rebecca, as I mentioned earlier, are complete opposite. She is a straight-laced FBI agent, and he is a kind of, I, I hesitate to use the word playboy, but that's probably the best, you know, the best thing to describe him. He's kind In my of, time, they would have called him Gigolo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, in other words, he, he explains it himself in the best way because he says, I just don't say no. It's like, you know, <laughs> if, if they want me, I, why, who am I to say no? Um, but it's interesting because when Megan comes into the picture, Rebecca's sister, that create that changes the dynamic as well because Rebecca and Megan have a relationship, an already established relationship, just as, you know, the fa a father and a daughter or, you know, yeah. a, a, you know, brothers, whatever. And you, anytime you're bringing more people into yeah. that relationship dynamic, it does have an effect on the romantic relationship, um, whether or not it's in the workplace, outside of the workplace, it doesn't really matter. Um, but the workplace definitely brings its own unique dynamics because of the pressures. Yeah, and I think because readers, I mean, all people who have worked in a team or in a, in a work situation know the dynamics of the team and how, you know, romances, I mean, I have seen it happen in my, my work that people <laughs> run off with each other, you know. And, and then you say, oh, but they were both married to someone else. But it happens and it, it, it has this forbidden aspect to it. So it's very logical that um, authors, writers take that because it has the tension, as you say, in at its center. And yeah. um, apart from just 
random people meeting in a bar or a meeting on a, on a tropical island. Or, so it is, but I didn't know that what you said, that it is such a huge trope. I didn't know. Yeah, it, it, it really it really is a huge trope because if you look at contemporary romance, even like their even titles, you'll see um, the word boss or CEO uh, in the in a lot of titles and titles that are in like the top one hundred of Amazon. So it I mean these are books that sell well in the contemporary yeah. romance genre it's very you know very very popular women are as as in in high positions as the men uh the men are definitely still in the more high positions uh it's usually the male boss but the, there are the, there, there are some the that billion, is that the billionaire um romances that you talk about um yeah typically typically they're really like uh i think there's one called uh my billionaire boss or something like that uh so i mean it is yes they are typically billionaire romances because they're they're typically the person who is uh you know doing it's the very same well. with this 50 shades of gray right yeah uh, yes well mm -hmm. he is he's definitely um he's definitely a, a billionaire or i don't know if you i would assume he's considerably you know, I don't know if she actually comes out and says that he's a billionaire other than he's just really really wealthy but um yeah the same situation although yeah. in that particular case uh Anastasia is not um doesn't isn't employed by him until later on in the books where mm -hmm. where she gets a job at a publishing yeah, house she, and, okay I thought I haven't read it but I thought she came to um, to interview him in the work situation. You know? uh, that so was, she, and it's not that they they meet no. in 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 a random place. No, they meet they, at work. Kind right? of at his work. the The setup of the story is basically uh, her Anastasia's roommate, Kate, I believe her name was. Um, she, I'm sorry. I like. I still remember it. I read yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's. We don't have to talk. <laughs> well, no, I it's read it just, when it was fan fiction. So in my head, there's still Bella and Rosalie. So I'm like, I'm trying to like think of the ratings. But anyway, basically, uh, Kate, her Anastasia's roommate, is a. I believe she's a journalism student, or she works for the pay the the college newspaper, and she's landed an interview with christian gray yeah. and so yeah so she, she's call, gonna go would, there yeah i would call that a, a workplace romance still because it happens at the workplace where they meet that's interesting because i would not consider that a workplace romance oh you, they, sh they, sh they should both really they have to work together and they have to work together in some capacity in my in, in my view for it to be a workplace yeah. romance so that actually might that be a good question for our listeners do you consider a workplace romance the two actually having a working relationship like they're having to work together or do you consider a is they have come into like if they're coming into contact with each other for the first time at work at one of the one of them's work so i'm i'm interested because if you I mean because yeah. that could be because if you're if the if the second if if the way you're viewing it is the case then say a, a person's a customer you know a potential customer walks into a store you know say they you know walk into i don't know an auto parts store yeah or, you're right you know, whatever yeah it I, doesn't have it doesn't have the detention of something forbidden there not per se, no. I mean, but I can, I mean, I can see it. I could see it play though a little bit because I mean, you are creating a different dynamic with depending on the type of interaction. Because like, if you're walking into a store, maybe not so much. But then I'm thinking, what if you have like, say, a landscape architect and uh, somebody's coming to them to you know hire them for a job? Then you actually have kind of picked up that dynamic yeah well it is yeah becomes a boss and employee thing yeah yeah it's similar with your nanny in fact yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. It 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 is a blurring line. I agree. But um, yeah. So I would be more interested in seeing the kind of books where there is a female CEO. You know, I think that is something that would be give yeah. it a modern dynamic. There are a few though. There are a few out there that well, you are, did it. I, you I, did it. Yes. With, yeah. I did. I did. And I, and I, I mean, I do think that there is a market for it to a certain extent, just the same way as there's a market for uh, femdom novels. I mean, I write BDSM. So, um, I mean, male dom is obviously still more um, widely available, widely written than femdom, but there is a decent sized market for femdom as well. So, I mean, there, I would think there is still a fairly a decent sized market for female bosses to be, you know, create that whole workplace romance. Um, yeah, or at least that they are like in your book with the with the FBI cop that they are sort of in equal positions. That it isn't always necessary in the workplace romance to have a difference in in for the tension. That yeah. they are different in income or in position or in, you know. yeah i mean i i really had um i really played on the with seducing janie i really played on kind of the danger aspect because uh when you know when you're going after a murder suspect you know murder suspect and you know that creates a little bit of a heightened danger there obviously because you know people who you know if you're if you're pursuing them and you know if you corner somebody who's not a great person anyway you know they they might lash out at you and as your feelings for someone grow and you know they're no longer just a just a colleague they're a you know they're a romantic partner as well you've fallen in love with them to put them potentially be okay with putting them in danger that's a, again, it's kind of, I think you, you encountered that a little bit on your end too, because you're mm -hmm. talking, you're talking about, you know, going to the front lines, you know, them going to yeah. the front lines and being surgeons and stuff on the mm -hmm. front lines. That's an element of danger. And it, yeah. it's very, it, it, again, it creates an, a whole different dynamic, one that you're not going to really get outside of the workplace thing, because even though you 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 have it, it's not as real. It's in, in real and in your face because, it, like in a military romance, where you if you have a situation where the guy or the girl or whatever is going off to battle on a mission or something like that, yes, there's the element of danger and they could die and you could create that tension and stuff. But it's not quite the same, I don't think, as when you are right there in person witnessing something happening or potentially happening uh in the moment because you you know if somebody comes to you and say it says you know your significant other has been shot then you know yeah you're gonna have those emotions interactive but then she but there's a there is a difference i think from being from being told something that happened after the fact to something that you're in the moment like you're yeah. right there and you're seeing it with your own eyes yeah yeah that's what happens in my book where and yes sees that Alan yeah. is shot down and um, yeah so yeah but I thought with military romance is that not that they are both in the military mm -mm. not usually I mean it can be but not not usually I mean my my uh story longing for his kiss i consider that a military romance but it, it takes place once he's discharged from the military so he's actually not in the military anymore but i consider that a military romance because his being in the military is pertinent for the story it yeah. it is the setup for the story yeah. um and if he wasn't in the military then it would completely change the entire story, the entire setup, yeah. the entire yeah. reason why they meet. So, um, yeah, so it is definitely different. It's just usually, and in fact, a lot of military romances are after the fact. You have very few that I have came in contact with, at least 
in contemporary. Now I'm sure that if you go yeah, back to like World say, War yeah. II and yeah, things because like that. actually there is is a working relationship in the Parisian Spy because when uh, Jean Jacques returns for the liberation of Paris, they fight side by side on the barricades to liberate Paris. So in that respect, this is a kind of a military. They're both, you know, armed right. and and trying to to get the, the Germans out. So. Yeah, it is. It's, I was thinking before we talked. Yeah, they they work together, but only at the very end of the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and that is in action. I I I don't know. I think yeah, military romance is is a big one as well. I, it seems that you write in most most types of professional um, situations. You have written books about that that's interesting yeah i uh i kind of where where danielle and marianne are two of our fellow co-hosts where they jump genres i don't jump genres i just jump jump tropes like i i know some i know some authors just they they all they write is military romance or all they yeah. write is sports romance yeah. and i am completely across the board i've got female ceos i've got them doms i've got um i've got homicide detectives i've got uh landscape architects i've got uh custom home builders a, yeah. i mean i'm all over the place yeah it's a lot of research to, to find out more about these jobs as well it is actually one of the one of the strangest you know you always hear that um you always hear the the joke that if you're an author, you really hope the FBI doesn't actually like, you know, review your search history. <laughs> yeah, I, one, I, I, uh, I know that. Yeah, it's a yeah. Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, but it, it, it keeps it interesting, isn't it? I mean, if you only have one type of job, yeah, I have the same. I mean, I am now currently writing about a man in the Norwegian resistance, and he is a a young student, he's a technical student at a time, but he, he becomes, you know, one of the of the central figures in the Norwegian. So I will have to figure out all the decoding, all the the the, the, the transcripts, the the invisible ink, how they did that, stuff like that. But yeah. Keeps, so my my men have a lot of different jobs as well. Yeah, it keep, but it keeps it interesting as an author, though. It really does, because you got to do a lot of research. Yeah. And when I research. found out about the, the organic farming that had started at the end of the 1930s in England, I read a lot about it. I thought it was fascinating, you know, to have, have my heroes. Maybe it's not very sexy, but he just wanted to do that, you know. <laughs> I don't know about that, because, I mean, there is something about watching a man kind of get his hands dirty you know like yeah, he, somebody who works with their hands and you really you know yeah i mean and he he loved fresh air and he was he was a scotsman yeah. you know he didn't oh, yeah. want to be in his stuffy office and now and then have to go down the mines to check on things he wasn't happy there you know and in his three-piece suit he didn't want to be in it he just wanted to be in his overalls Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I tell you what, there, I mean, yeah. like I said, there is something to be said. I mean, think about all of the, think about the, um, kind of all the tropes and I guess it's not really a trope, but the scenarios where you see the advertisements of like the, the man, you know, all sweaty and in the, you know, like working on a car or, or something like yeah. that. It's the same basic principle. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you really, you know, he's, he's just, he's working with his hands. He's, you know, not afraid yeah. to, you know, use his muscles and get his hands dirty. So, yeah. you know, it, it, right, it is that, kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I also, yeah. I also agree that it is interesting to give our female jobs that are interesting as well to, to let them do their own thing and um, yeah and then they meet their love interest and then fireworks yeah I mean it, it, I gotta keep it interesting and there's nothing wrong with that and there's plenty 
there, there's plenty of jobs and I, I try to diversify my, uh, my heroines and their jobs and, uh, and give them, give them a variety, uh, to make it, you know, again, realistic. I like writing realistic characters. Yeah. I really try to, you know, try to keep, keep on that. Well, with yeah. that, we should probably wrap things up. We're out of time. And um, this was a fun discussion. It kind of went down some rabbit holes, but that's okay. It, you know, we kind of, uh, I think we touched a lot on workplace, workplace romances and the different types and, and all that. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Um, and I wanted to uh, share as well that if you would like to watch Hannah and I uh, do this podcast and, and not just listen to us, um, we are now on YouTube. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, Bound by Books podcast over on YouTube. So you can check us out there. We would love it if you would uh, watch, like, and subscribe to the channel. Leave us a comment uh, on the YouTube channel. Let us know you're, you're watching, what you think about workplace romances. You can also find out more information about all of our podcast hosts, uh, as well as links to our website, um, the podcast, listen to the latest podcasts, and sign up for our newsletters, just all about us. Um, on our website, our podcast website, which is boundbybookspodcast.com. And you can um, listen to the podcast either there or on YouTube. Uh, but you can also catch us every week at um, wherever you're listening to this now. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and SoundCloud uh, at 12 noon Eastern Time, Eastern U.S. Time, uh, every Monday. So hopefully you will tune in and listen to uh, next week. We will uh, Tina and Marianne will be uh, hosting the podcast, so you'll have to listen in and find out what goodies they are going to be talking about. But until then, thank you for listening and stay bound by books. Bye. And oh, good luck. Good luck with the with your launch. Oh, thank of you. Many oh, thank you. Yes, September Exciting. 14th. Thank Thanks. Yay. All right, thank you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.